0: self-consciousness is one of the biggest crippling agents in our lives. So, what's the difference between self-consciousness and self-awareness? Well, we're going to be talking all about that in today's episode of Real Talk. Let's go! Well, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Kane Adams. Right now, we are in the middle of our self-awareness series. Uh, We've done part one and part two, uh, and we're on to part three. So part one was all about internal self-awareness, which is understanding uh, why you are the way that you are, why you think the way that you think, uh, and understanding your belief systems that can uh, dictate your thoughts and your habits and your behaviors. And then last week, part two, we talked about external self-awareness, which is all about uh, understanding yourself from other people's perspective and asking yourself the question, like we said, uh, is what is it like to be on the receiving end of me? Uh, And then talking about how to uh, alter your behavior or recognize the blind spots in your life that could be having negative impact uh, into all the relationships that you have in your life. So that's internal self-awareness and that's external self-awareness. So if you've missed those episodes, you can check them out on YouTube or on Spotify or whatever you're using to listen or watch this podcast, uh, and you can catch yourself up to the rest of the self-awareness series that we're on to. So today we're going to be talking about a different state of thinking that's in relation to self-awareness. Uh, it's a bit different. Well, I suppose we could say it's the, a counterfeit version of self-awareness. Um, a counterfeit version, if you'd like, and that is self consciousness. We're going to be talking about self consciousness. What is self consciousness? What's the difference between self awareness and self consciousness? And how is self consciousness a problem uh, in our lives? And just a quick disclaimer that this is a lot of this information has been um, derived from a teaching from Paul Scanlon. Um, who who talked all about self-consciousness and some really, really great content from him. So you can check him out um, at What What is self-consciousness? What is it? I'm sure that all of us have heard the term to be self-conscious before. Um, if somebody is self-conscious, what does that mean? Well, if you're self-conscious, what that means is that you are uncomfortable and nervous because you are worried about how other people will see you or you're worried about what other people will think about you it's an insight into our flaws but not in a good way self-consciousness is laced with shame and embarrassment so whenever you hear the word self-conscious it's never presented in a positive light if somebody says they were self-conscious or you were self-conscious uh, it always has negative connotations to it and it's because it's been it's laced with fear and embarrassment and with shame and some people might think well you know when I said that first definition about it's about being worried about what or thinking about how other people will think about you, what's the difference between that and external self-awareness? And there's a massive difference uh, and it's rooted in in well, the difference is pertained in where the, the idea of thought is rooted in. For example, self-awareness is rooted in a sense of confidence, in a sense of knowing who you are, and it is deeply rooted in the pursuit of truth. Whereas self-consciousness is deeply rooted in shame and fear and embarrassment um, uh, and, and, and wants to keep you in a, in a place of comfort and, and, and safety. And we're going to talk all about that throughout the episode. So where does self-consciousness come from? I think, I mean, it stems right back to Adam and Eve in the garden, basically. So we read the story about Adam and Eve, and, and when they ate the fruit, they sinned. Uh, and their wickedness was exposed, and they experienced shame and embarrassment for the first time and so in order to re- an attempt to relieve that shame and embarrassment, they hid the the Bible says that they hid from God uh, because they were so ashamed of what they had done and so from that point, not only has the sin virus uh entered into generations and have gone down through generation to generation, where all of us Uh, Are are sinful. All of us are full of sin and and by our own right are not worthy to be reconciled back to God uh, except through the death of Jesus Christ. So not only have we experienced or received the sin virus in a way, but we have received self consciousness as well. That self consciousness is something that was birthed right back from the garden and has gone through generation to generation to generation. And It's rooted, like I mentioned before, it is deeply rooted in fear and it's rooted in shame and embarrassment. So every single one of us experiences self-consciousness in one form or another in our lives. Uh, For generations, we've been aware of our nakedness. We've been embarrassed around other people because we are so troubled and so worried about what they will think about us. And that's what self-consciousness is. Um, I know for me, Uh, I can be self-conscious around sport. I'm not very good. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm okay at you know throwing a rugby ball around or, or shooting a basketball into hoops and little things like that. I'm not too bad at. Um, But when it comes to sport, particularly if it's playing with people who are a bit more serious, I can become very self-conscious. In fact, I remember a time when we were playing. uh, I was playing tennis with some friends of mine, and they were very good, and I was not very good, and so I would always be hitting the ball into the net. And it was so embarrassing, and I felt so self-conscious because these guys are, are so good, and they're looking at me, thinking, "What is this guy doing? He's ruining the game." Because every time he steps and he throws the, you know, he hits the ball into the net. Uh, and it came to the point where I just subtly stopped playing, and ended up just running around, becoming you know, being the ball boy, just picking up all the stray balls and throwing them back, because uh, I was so self-conscious. Uh, and so I can be self-conscious, you know, uh, around sport, and that's something that's a bit more surface. Um, on a deeper note, I can be self-conscious in social settings. So, for example, if I'm at a party where I don't know many people, oh my gosh! I'll tell you what my worst nightmare is: is actually um, is going to wedding receptions where you don't know people, and and you are and you have to be seated with people that you don't know, and you're sitting with them for like two hours, having to to make conversation. I don't mind so much making conversation, but I can become very self-conscious about. Uh, how people see me, uh, how people view me. Um, When they ask the dreaded question, which I really don't like, which is, what do you do for fun? Because what I do for fun is very different from most people. I just, I like to go on walks or, or sit on the couch and just think or study or research or, or do little nerdy things like that. And I can be so self-conscious because You know, you ask other people the same question, and they're always like, "You know, I like surfing and I play sport, and and you know, I I go to the gym and work out and do all this kind of stuff." And I'm like, "I do none of that." And so, I can be very self conscious in social settings, particularly when questions like that are asked um, of me. And I suppose another thing that I I have been self conscious about would be uh, doing this podcast. So I remember when I did the first episode, when I I attempted to do the first episode a few weeks ago. And I set everything up in the room. I had my script there. I had everything prepared. I knew what I wanted to say. We're going to be talking about uh, dreams and, and reducing your ambition. And I started to present the, pop, the the podcast. I could hear noises outside and and things like that. And I don't know why. I just became unbelievably self-conscious. And I had to stop. I had to stop recording and try again another day because I just felt like I was not qualified at all to be doing this. That I don't know enough, or or whatever it is, and so I became very self conscious. So, so all what I'm saying in that is that all of us experience self consciousness in some self consciousness in some form or another. Um, and what self this is kind of what self awareness is all about. It's about understanding what you are self conscious about, uh, and then being willing to work on it, and and willing to address it, and to find those fears that you have in your life. And not allowing them to rule you and to address them and to say, no, this is where the fear stops here. It stops here. We're going to address it. We're going to move forward because it's detrimental to my life if I don't. So, when it comes to finding what you're self conscious about, a good way to do that is to ask yourself the question what causes me to fluster? What causes me to be embarrassed? What causes me to be nervous, to be sweaty? <laughs> to apart from you know running or working out, you, you know what I mean. To be nervous, to 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 feel sick, to 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 be flustered. What is it that causes me to do that? And whatever it is, chances are it'll be something that you're very self-conscious about. So. I think a lot of us can recognize self-consciousness on a surface level, like I mentioned about how I'm self-conscious about sport, or, or you could be self-conscious about things like public speaking, or singing a song, or presenting a, an idea, or, or um, uh, social settings like we talked about, you know, or self-conscious about what you're wearing, or, or whatever it is. Um, I think a lot of us can recognize self-consciousness on a surface level, but it can be a bit more difficult to recognize self-consciousness on a deeper level, which could be um, things that you are deeply embarrassed and and ashamed about in your life, that when you start to step outside of your comfort zone to do something that is a bit uncomfortable to you, if you are rejected, uh, then it can be cataclysmic, Uh, and and it it could be these little rejections, I like to call them little rejections, that, uh, that could be very detrimental to our lives. What do I mean by little rejections? Well, for example, you take a step out of in faith, doing something that you don't normally do or doing something that you're uncomfortable with doing, and maybe someone mocks you for it or maybe someone makes a joke about it. Um, you know you, you could say a joke and no one laughs or, or, or you do some, you say something that doesn't go down well, you present an idea and instead of being accepted, it just gets shrugged and discarded, and you're doing things that you don't normally do or you feel uncomfortable in doing, and so you retreat back. That's what self-consciousness does. It causes you to retreat back and stay in that comfort zone and stay in that safety zone. And when those experiences happen, which they've happened a myriad of times in our lives, I like to call them little rejections because that's what they are. They're little rejections. And when you pile on those little rejections more and more and more and more, uh, you just become more of more and more self-conscious. Uh, and less likely to take risks, less likely to open yourself up and and to be vulnerable because it's too painful. And what happens is that that these little rejections, they have a deep effect on our lives, to the point where you begin to see rejections when they're not actually occurring. For example, you could be maybe one day you've, you've worn something to a party and someone has made a, a comment about it saying, Why are you wearing that? Oh, gosh, that looks a bit silly. And you've experienced that little rejection. Let's say that's happened twice. Let's say that's happened three times. Okay. It comes to a point where you go to a party and you're self conscious about what you're wearing and you're thinking to yourself, Oh, gosh, no one likes it. No one likes what I'm wearing. Everyone thinks I look silly. Everyone thinks I look stupid. And no one has even opened their mouth or said a word. And that's self-consciousness at its worst. It's it's where you are so self-conscious that you begin to believe that you are being rejected when nobody is actually rejecting you. That's self-consciousness at its worst. So let's go through the differences between self-awareness and self-consciousness. And before I do that, I just want to say something from the outset that self-consciousness is not your friend. It is not your friend. The desire of self-consciousness is to keep you locked in a prison of fear and shame um, and to keep you as much as possible in safety and in comfort and to minimize the risk of any rejection from anybody. That's the goal of self-consciousness. It fears rejection and does everything that it can to protect you from rejection. And the way that it does that is to keep you in, in comfort and in safety for as long as possible and as much as possible. Um But the problem with that is that you never grow. If you live your life, and we talked about this in episode two about facing your fear, how bravery is better than safety. It's better to be brave than it is to be safe. Because safety and comfort in the long run is a growth killer. Uh, You will never do anything spectacular with your life if you live your life in safety and comfort. And even worse than that, you will never experience meaningful relationships in your life if you only live in comfort and safety because you'll never be willing to be vulnerable. And the only way... The only way that you can um, that you can grow in a relationship with someone, and that you can be intimate with someone, is to be vulnerable. And so, the and the only way that you can be vulnerable is by exiting the the comfort and the safety that you've lived in, or that self consciousness will desire you and, and and intend for you to live in. So, so it's not your friend. So here's a here's a few differences. Okay, I'll use a few examples. Uh. Let's say, for example, you're in a social setting. Let's say you're an introvert and you get anxious about being in social settings. So self-consciousness will say, they're not going to like me. They're not going to understand me. I don't know how to start the conversation. I'm feeling really anxious right now. Um, uh, Maybe I should just go home. I don't want to be an absolute fool. I'm I'm just going to go home. Okay. Self-awareness says something like, I feel anxious right now, but you know what? That's okay. Because my anxiety is something that I'm working on. And I'm going to step out and I'm going to introduce myself despite the fear that I'm feeling. All right? So that's, that's self-awareness. Self-consciousness just wants to throw you back into comfort and safety. Self-awareness wants to take you out of your comfort and your safety to, to a place where you can work on yourself and you can grow uh, and you can do things that you're not necessarily comfortable with doing but you know that it'll be good for you. So um, in saying that, you could say self-awareness has your best interest at heart whereas self-consciousness definitely does not. I suppose with with, with self-awareness, the opposite could be true as well. Uh, Let's say in that social setting, you might arrive to the party and you might actually think to yourself, to be honest, I'm not in a good place right now in regard to my anxiety, so it actually might be better if I sit this one out. And that's an example of self-awareness because you understand the social doses that you can and that you can't handle and you make the decision that Today's actually not a good day. It's probably best if I, if I do set this one out. Um, and, and that's an example of self-awareness. And you might be thinking, well, how is that different from self-consciousness? Because both of them result in you going home, right? Self-consciousness, you want to get out of there. And self-awareness, you want to get out of there too. But the difference with that is that with self-awareness, you understand what you can and you can't handle and why you can or can't handle it. Whereas with, self, uh, with self-consciousness, you have no idea about that. With self consciousness, all you want to do, all you know, is that you just want to get the hell out of there, and you just want to retreat to comfort and safety. You have no idea why, um, but you succumb to your feeling of feeling uncomfortable, and you just want to get out of there. And that's what the difference is. Self consciousness just wants you to get to safety and comfort with no intention of leaving that safety or comfort again. Whereas self-awareness will allow you to re-enter that safety and comfort with the intention of taking you out of it again. So, like I mentioned before about the prison of safety and comfort, is that self-consciousness just wants to keep you there. Uh, it will do everything and anything it can in its power to keep you safe and to keep you comfortable, but of course you will never grow in doing that. Um Whereas self-awareness will allow you to re-enter that, that safety and that comfort for a season, for a time, just to catch a breath, and then, uh, but will then nudge you to, to get out. Will nudge you to get out of the comfort and the safety because otherwise you will never grow. Um, here's another difference: self-consciousness is recognizing our flaws and doing what we can to hide them, whereas self-awareness is recognizing our flaws and doing whatever we need to address them. Okay, um, it's self-consciousness will always do what it can to hide your flaws, to hide your mistakes, mainly rooted in the ego, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, whereas self ad- uh, self-awareness wants you to address those flaws, to look at them, and to, to, to deal with them, and to address them, and to sort them out, um, which will bring you peace in the long run. Here's another difference. Self-consciousness is an automatic, autopilot state of thinking. It comes naturally to all of us without even trying, whereas self-awareness is a learned state of thinking. It doesn't come naturally to most, and it's a skill that you need to intentionally learn. Uh, and it's true. You know, self, self-consciousness just comes so naturally, we don't even have to think about it. It's rooted in us ever since um, Adam and Eve right at the beginning, right? It's a part of the human psyche. It's a part of the human life uh, that, that all of us have. Whereas self-awareness is something that we need to learn, which very few people learn, but it's something that we need to intentionally put in place and learn. It's a skill that we grow, that we practice, and that we learn. Um, okay, here's another one. Oh, okay, this is probably one of the more, in- the more important ones. So, think about this one. Self consciousness is worrying about how people perceive you, whereas self awareness is gaining insight to how people actually perceive you. So, anybody can be worried about how people see them and how people view them, right? And we talked about this, in the, I think, particularly in the first episode, maybe, about uh, oh, yes, about the rose tinted glasses. You see, you put these rose tinted glasses on that, that give a perception whereas self awareness allows you to see yourself through the eyes of truth we talked about that and it's the same here self consciousness thrives off the perception it thrives off being worried um about being excuse me being worried about being a uh, fearful about what people think about you and 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 constantly looking at yourself through this false perception whereas self awareness thrives off of truth, of looking at yourself and looking at others and the situation through the eyes of truth and how people are actually perceiving you okay and the question would be why why are very few people willing to dig deep and to find out actually why, how people actually perceive them? Uh, in other words, practicing external self-awareness, right? Why are people not willing to do that? they're not willing to do it because it's confronting. Because if you ask for someone if well if you talk to someone and ask them for feedback and they let you know that you actually come across as quite an arrogant person or someone who is a little narcissistic and whenever you're in a meeting, you tend to bring the conversation about yourself. If somebody tells you that it's very uncomfortable and very hard to hear, uh, but we need to hear it and so self consciousness will do anything and everything in its power to not allow that to happen, to not allow you to hear how people actually perceive you because it's too frightening, it's too afraid of the rejection uh, and too rooted in shame to do that. Whereas self-awareness is willing to hear the feedback as uncomfortable as it may be uh, and to to do whatever you can to put that feedback into place and to help you, you become a better person, basically, and to help you to address what needs to be addressed and to grow in character as well. All right, here's another difference. Self-consciousness thrives on victim mentality, whereas self-awareness refuses to play the victim. So even if you really are the victim in a situation, what self-awareness will do is it'll recognize it uh, and and acknowledge it, but it won't allow you to stay there. Whereas self-consciousness thrives on victim mentality. Why? Because I think self-consciousness will see victimhood as a sense of protection uh, against your flaws. So, for example, if somebody has wronged you, self-consciousness will take that hurt, that rejection, as painful as it is, and it will do whatever it can to protect you and protect your ego and to say that the other person is at fault and blame them entirely so that you don't have to face this truth of your flaws. You don't have to face the truth of the blind spots of your life. Because it keeps you, remember, self-consciousness is driving goal is to keep you in safety and comfort as much as possible. So if someone hurts you and rejects you, safety, 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 and it's not safe to to, uh, to address your flaws at all. So So forget about the flaws. it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. And as long as you can stay in that victim mindset, then you can stay in a sense of false safety and false comfort. Um, and so that's what self-consciousness does. I read this wonderful quote um, from a guy on Instagram called Blair. I don't know his last name, unfortunately, but his handle is uh, at Heal with Blair, And he says this, an important moment is when you realize deep healing begins when the victim mindset ends. An important moment is to realize deep healing begins when the victim mindset ends. And I think that's so true, because um, like we said, this doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge the the what has happened or you don't recognize what has happened it means that and this is self-awareness it means that you make the decision to move forward in your life despite what has happened okay so it recognizes that perhaps someone has wronged you or you have been wronged and it's not okay you recognize that you acknowledge it but what's also not okay is to stay in that position to stay in that victim mindhood and refuse to heal because you're just going to it's just going to kill you, so, so you don't want to do that. Uh, so self-awareness is about recognizing what has happened to you and moving forward despite what has happened. Cool. Okay, let's talk about the problem of self-consciousness. I mean, I think you pro- by now you're probably pretty well aware of the problems of self-consciousness, how self-consciousness is not your friend. Um, but just to kind of finish this off and as, as a conclusion, kind of what we're talking about with self-consciousness, it's not your friend self-consciousness doesn't have your best interests at heart. And it's something that is natural uh, to us, that is in like an autopilot response to us. Um, self-consciousness, it focuses on short-term gain and long-term pain, whereas self-awareness is the opposite. Let's put it this way. Self-awareness focuses on short-term pain and long-term gain, which, which means that with self-awareness, you have to pay the price of, Recognize of being uncomfortable and going out of the comfort zone of recognizing your flaws and recognizing the behaviors that you need to work on uh, and recognizing what you need to do in order to bring long-term stability and long-term peace to your life and to the relationships in your life. Whereas self-consciousness is the opposite. So self-consciousness sacrifices the future and sacrifices... um, the health of your relationships as well as the health of yourself in order to gain that short-term comfort, that short-term peace. Um, And you don't want that. You don't want short-term peace, but long-term pain, okay? You want a short-term pain, but then a long-term gain. Um, Because what happens is, if you give into self-consciousness and you allow it to run your life, then you are forever going to be constantly miserable and constantly on the edge nervous, scared uh, about how people think of you, what people think about you, about um, being rejected, about ensuring that you are the loudest voice, the squeakiest wheel or whatever. And it's exhausting. You don't want to live a life like that. You don't want to live a life exhausted from from constantly worrying about what people think about you. Uh, and so that's where we need to get to a point where we 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 make a vow to ourselves to rid ourselves of self-consciousness and instead to adopt self-awareness as we've been learning about this whole time. I want to finish with a final quote from Paul Scanlon because, uh, and he says this in his course about self-awareness and I really like it. I think it sums it up quite well. Uh, The difference is kind of between self-consciousness and self-awareness and how self-consciousness can play such a problem in our lives. And he says this, Self-consciousness wants to keep you in the prison of false perceptions you have about yourself. It never sees your potential. It's not interested. Self-consciousness keeps you poor and lack and dependent on it. It convinces you that you have nothing. Self-consciousness is threatened at the thought that you have a consciousness higher than it. Self-consciousness is terrified of the discovery of self-awareness because self-awareness puts self-consciousness in its place. No longer are you dancing to its tune. So I know I think that's a great way to end the end the episode here is that self-consciousness is not rooting for you at all. It's okay to struggle with it, but we mustn't ever live with it or accept it. Um, the only way the only way that you can grow in life is through self-awareness, okay? So drop the self-consciousness, bring on the self-awareness. And I really hope that you've learned a lot from this episode today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about how to practice self-awareness, internal self-awareness, and external self-awareness, uh, mainly through the, 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 the medium of feedback. Uh, so we're going to be talking about feedback uh, and giving feedback, receiving feedback, and basically how to practice self-awareness in a very practical way. So I hope that you've learned a lot. hope you've been inspired. You've been encouraged. We'll see you next week here on A Real Talk with Kane Adams.